Hey, welcome back to Continuous Profit. Today is just me, but I'm bringing you a fire, fire topic. We actually spent $84,000 over the last two years in our content team, so you don't have to. So there's a bunch of lessons here, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna dissect of why Alex Ramos is spending spending $70,000 every single month on his content team, while Gary Vee has three specific TikTok editors and much more, and uh, the framework that we've discovered over the, this last two years, so you can make those decisions for your entrepreneurship journey for your company for your teams and so on so without further ado here we go hey this is luis and welcome to the content is profit podcast in here you're going to get the insights accountability and drive to create consistently and increase your revenue you'll hear from top entrepreneurs creators and anything and everything you need to know about content all this while having a good time the goal of this podcast is simple entertain educate and turn your content into profit let's go Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's just me, Luis, today, and uh, I'm bringing you a topic that I'm like deeply passionate about. Out of the two, you know, Fonsi is the idea guy, is the vision guy, is the research guy. He brings all these amazing facts in here, but then I think I've taken more of the role in the last two years in the company of the operator implementing, kind of working on the systems on the back end, and I really, really enjoyed this. I think honestly, I've gotten feedback that that might be my superpower. So. We'll put that to the test because over the last few pieces of content that we've created here on the show, obviously we were a podcast movement, so there was a lot of behind the scenes over there in the podcast industry. We talked about and we debriefed Alex Ormosi's uh, content team and how he spends $70,000 and why he does it, the frameworks that he uses. And over the last two years, we've almost spent six figures. <laughs> it's been, I think, $88,000 in our own content team. Uh, to make sure that you don't get the same mistakes. So um, we discover some frameworks, we discover some strategies, we've discovered some things that are consistent across industries. And I'm super excited to at least bring you an introduction to it today and, uh, and see where it goes. So let's see. Uh, so obviously, you know, uh, a couple of years back when we first started this content journey, uh, one of our models was Gary Vee. Obviously, you know, he, he's what popularizes the model of like long form content to short form content and uh, what a lot of people started using, what a lot of agencies started doing. We're actually working together in conjunction with a project right now with the Sasha company, which is their, their content production side of things for different businesses. And we got to see the behind the scenes of how they manage real uh, reels, influencers, different things all these layers of content right that maybe in the naked eye are not obvious right but as you look at these strategies on how you want to implement them in your businesses i think there's very awesome uh takeaways right another person that we kind of looked up to uh in the early stages was grant cardone you know we we alex gives him gives him a shout out in the last episode and he says like publish more just like 10x the amount of posts and we're like how right and we was when we first started publishing it was just me and Fonzie freelancing at the time we didn't have the time uh even now when we work with companies the cmo uh, or the people that are in that marketing department right might be tasked with the uh, with producing that content and sometimes uh the time that is allocated to produce it to uh create the concepts to create the system is not enough right so obviously we've all had this question in our industry 
Um, and I've been very excited. Last night I was listening to to an amazing episode with Reed, who's the CEO of, of Night Media. This is a company that manages the YouTuber Mr. Beast. And they're talking about the logistics and the whole infrastructure that a, a modern YouTuber needs to have on the back end, right? And on our side, we're on the podcasting side, which is the audio, right? But we also record video that we're currently putting on YouTube, uh, literally as a, as a safety net effect where people look for our topics uh, or even our, our brand or different things they can go to YouTube and see our faces. Um, and we're putting a little bit more strategic effort into that because we got new capacity. So I'm going to dive into this and, and what that means maybe for you and your company. But, you know, we have other examples locally. We work with a company in Jacksonville, Florida. They're called Jacksonville Wealth Builders. They're amazing. Their CEO uh, and the CMO came to us initially early, early in the journey. This is about two years ago. They were trying to record this content with their cell phones, right? They were walking around the office and they're trying to record every single employee behind the scenes, different things. All the employees were running away from them. And it was just really very challenging for them to to stay consistent, which we mentioned before that that is the key of everything. If we don't stay consistent, we cannot measure, we cannot test, we cannot do all this stuff. So they were really, really struggling with that first part. So one of the frameworks that we implemented with them, we're going to share just right below. But, you know, we turned those 80 hours trying to chase, 80 hours a month trying to chase those employees, trying to record content that wasn't really uh, hitting or have a solid strategy into just four hours a month and then leverage their resources, right? Whatever that investment was, the team that they had in place to make sure that it attaches to a sales process, right? And then we have another uh, amazing creator that he's also been part of the content Profit Podcast. His name is Josh Forty. Uh, he used to host a show called Think Different Theory. He had to rebrand because Apple, Apple sued him. He's like, hey, you got to stop using that name. Uh, but he was producing three podcasts a, a day, right? So podcasting was his way to connect with people. And then obviously there was a ton of content that was going out of it. He recently shifted his strategy because he's doing something else. But it worked really, really well, right? He got his podcast, I think, had about 300,000 downloads at the time that we were working with him. And it was very interesting to see how his ecosystem kind of evolved right so and even us right we went from from zero i think uh our podcast has grown in the last couple of months have quadruple their uh the size we've been part of the hotspot podcast network we've been able to connect with amazing amazing entrepreneurs work on different projects on the back end as well uh so for the business this was really life-changing and everything really clicked when we understood the the different frameworks that i'm about to explain right and it might get a little technical don't scare i'm gonna try to keep it super uh uh easy to understand super basic and uh this is what i've been called out in the past my my brother's like bro all you gotta t- all you talk is techno bubble, techno bubble, techno bubble. So I'm gonna uh, make sure that I speak in third grade language, which you imagine Spanish and third grade. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's a good mix, but anyways, I'm gonna do my best and uh, yeah, stick around because uh, you're gonna be able to use these pieces. And uh, there's three phases on the content production side of things uh, that you can identify what phase are you in at the moment, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you're a company with multiple employees, and then you can go from there and see what happens, right? So obviously in the context of the conversation, we're talking podcasting is only audio. The audio, when I refer to podcasting is the audio side of things. When I refer to video content, obviously, uh, YouTube, and then there's another macro, which is the blog site, which is the written part, right? So just in case, so we don't get confused. I know podcasting people put video and podcast and the audio all together, but for the sake of the episode, that's what we're going to do. All right. So the first thing that we got to do is understanding the publishing pyramid, right? This is like our main framework that we've been preaching for the last two years, but I'm not going to dive into it, right? Uh, the first, like the base 
of it is your message, right? So at this point, if you've been trying to publish consistently, if you've been uh, producing a podcast, if you've been producing a YouTube channel, that message is probably very clear, right? And if it's not clear, go back to it and, and dissect a little bit. What is the problem that I'm trying to solve for people, right? What are the questions that I'm trying to ask? What's the value that I'm trying to provide? And that will give you a good uh, way to start that. But once your message is clear, right, then we work on consistency, how can I actually stay consistent? And there's actually four pillars that we need to stay consistent with. Uh, previously, when we first started in this, we thought it was just one set of things, is four, which I'll break down in a second. And then right after that, right above that, right, uh, we have capacity and the resources. So how, what's the capacity that I personally have to some of those pillars, right? What's the capacity that my team has? Um, and then what are the resources that I have available, whether that's money to invest in my team or whether that is my own time to create, right? So these all elements are gonna play a key role in what we're about to to to, uh, to explain. So uh, for now, let's focus on the resources. Like, how what are the resources that we need to scale the content that we're currently producing, right? So again, if you're not currently producing content, go back to messaging and consistency, and make sure that you lower your friction so you can execute. But at the top, like, how much money do I have a month, right? What's my budget a month? Uh, that I can allocate to content. And that question is crazy, right? Because you go to creators like Alex or Mosey that are spending $70,000 a month only on their YouTube channel, which uh, if you want to hear the breakdown of this, you can go and listen to the last two episodes. They're amazing. Uh, but there's a breakdown on how he utilizes the, his frameworks to be able to uh, lever his talent as a content creator and grow massively, right? So what are your resources? Do I mental inventory? Do I have a team at the moment? Is it just me? Do I have a couple of thousand bucks that I can throw in here and invest? Do I have 5,000 bucks? Do I have $10,000 a month that I can do, right? What is your resource inventory at the time? So uh, if you are not driving, write it down, put it on a piece of paper, right? And then your capacity. What is your team capacity? Are they busy with different projects at the time? Are they busy with current projects that you are producing? Do Is it a part-time team? Are they doing something else, right? Is If it's you, how much time a day do you dedicate to content? So let's say when we first started with 45 Live, we didn't have much capacity. We didn't have much time to invest into content. So our decision was to go live for 10 to 15 minutes per day. But that consistently gave us really, really good results to the point that in 15 days, it allows to open the door for a six-figure deal, right? So um, again, consistency is the mother of everything. So make sure that we allocate for that. So write down, if it's just you, what, how much time a week, right? And you might have to do a time study. Do you have available to do this? Or how much time a week do you want to uh, commit to, to be able to produce that content, right? And if it's your team, how, ma how many hours do you have available? If it's a part-time team or is it a full-time team, right? How many hours do they have in their schedules to be able to dedicate to the current content that you're creating and uh, grow it? So once we understand those two pieces, then now we can start talking about those four pillars that I'm about to mention. So those four pillars are, ooh, before I, before I break this down, in many on the calls, in many of the calls that I jump on with uh, content creators or companies that want to start looking into into this world, right? The perception is content as one thing, right? Hey, I'm gonna invest, let's say, ten hours a week to creating content, and all the energy is really focused on the creation process, and then they record the thing, 
and then we forget that there's something else and then there's something before that, right? So as we start executing, we discover there there's some steps and some things that we gotta do after we create the 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 piece of content, right? And then we like reallocate resources uh, or there's some stuff that we gotta do before. So what I'm gonna do that is breaking down the whole process in four easy stages or pillars, however you wanna call it, right? So uh, the first one is research, right? So the research uh, pillar, right? This can be, it could be legit data research. So for example, we work with the amazing Amanda Holmes and they have an amazing product called the Core Story, which they do a whole of, uh, a whole market research on uh, your customers, on the problems that you're solving. And then you use that market research to create, whether that's landing pages, sales pages, micro pieces of content, podcast episodes, all this stuff, because it's data proven, right? So that's an example for ourselves is all, um, all podcast episodes. So I will interview somebody and uh, there might be like three, four, five nuggets of information that are really, really good. And I really want to convey that and put it into or develop a little bit more. For example, this one episode that you're listening to is an example of that. It's like we grab the information of how much Alex Ramosi is investing in this content, how much Gary Vee is investing in his content, what the team looks like. And then we're creating this whole new piece of content, right? Another examples are books, articles, newsletters, uh, you go to Reddit and you ask frequently asked questions or you go to your market, uh, you go to your favorite creators and there's going to be a ton of questions in there that if you rank them, you can grab those and that can be part of your initial research to create that piece of content, right? You can go to similarweb.com, you can go to Social Blade, see what other creators are, are, uh, are creating. So there's many, many ways that you can gather information as research to be able to create, right? So... If that's clear, we'll move on. So the second stage, the second pillar is actually creating that piece of content, right? So you have to decide what macro or what piece of content you're going to create. Is this a real, right? Is this a podcast episode that I can then leverage, right? And we're going to dive into this in a bit. Uh, is it a YouTube video, right? What's the format of it, right? So how much time we invest in creating? For us specifically is the podcast, video podcast in this case what we created so we jump in uh is anywhere between 15 minutes to a full 60 minutes right i don't think we go past an hour unless it's super crazy and amazing but that's our format like we do that's our main 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 piece of content right so uh it could be a podcast specific just audio right it could be a video podcast like like this one it could be a youtube video that's a little bit more produced is it just micro content is it just a facebook live or a tiktok live right is it a blog am i writing it right so uh, pick your method of creation. Uh, we obviously recommend video because you can leverage in many ways, not only organic, right? Not only transforming that macro piece into micro pieces of content, but also you can grab pieces of that video and put it, run it as a Facebook ad to initiate some uh, targeting. You can run it as a YouTube ad, as a TikTok ad, right? Is There's many ways that you can uh, shape and play with that video to make sure that you can leverage for other media. So that's why we're so big fans. Now, the second stage of this, and we talked about number one, research, number one, number two, the creating aspect of it, and then the production, right? So normally the person that's behind the mic uh, is going to create this piece of ep the, uh, create this piece of content, and then what happens, right? Normally when we're starting out, that person would, would edit that video, and then but we forget that we actually have to edit. We forget that we actually have to allocate time to edit that thing. Or if you have a team, right, that gets hands up to an editor or a service that does this, and uh, maybe we don't have the budget to do that, right? Maybe we do have the budget and we can speed it up with, you know, two or three editors that can play 
uh, and tag along your own system. So I'll give you an example, right? Not so long ago, I love GoPros and I bought the last one and I'm like, perfect. I'm actually going to do a YouTube video of an experience in the beach with my kids, right? So I go and I record all these, uh, all these content with Luca creating, uh, his sandcastles and, and same funny things. And I'm like, I have all these ideas in there and I allocated the time to actually go and produce it because we were at the beach. So I'd say, okay, out of the five hours that we're going to be there, you know, I'm going to record for a one hour. So Kelly doesn't get mad. And then I'm going to have that footage, but guess what? Big mistake, like beginner mistake. This is after two years we've been working with content. I go back home and I'm like, okay, I have all this content, this memory card. Now what, right? Well, obviously this is not a business endeavor, so I'm not gonna put it into our team. And I'm like, hmm, should I invest in a in a YouTube service or something that can edit this for me, or should I go tackle? But I forgot to allocate the time. I didn't put two hours in my calendar to do this, so it has not been done. And everybody in the family is like, oh, where's the YouTube video that you were creating with a GoPro over there? So now in my head, it's like, if I'm gonna go do that, I'm gonna either produce it or record it in a way that I don't have to edit much, right? If you're gonna go to my personal Instagram, there's a little video in there, Luca, that's an example of it. Uh, or I'm gonna set it up so my team, right, now that they've debriefed, right, that now that they know it's coming, they're gonna be able to produce it. So don't make that mistake, you know, once you record your podcast episode, right, make sure that you allocate some time and resources at the end of it for the production side of things. So this looks like editing of the video or editing of the audio podcast, uh, editing the blog, you know, uh, fixing the transcripts, uh, creating the micro content. So how long does that take? So for example, for our episodes of Content is Profit, we know that once this is produced, there's about 15 to 20 minutes when we upload all the content, we pass all the notes to our team and then our team takes over and it takes about an hour, hour and a half for them to produce a clean cut version and a bunch of micro content. So now I can budget accordingly. Now I can figure out, okay, if I wanna scale this to X amount of episodes, X amount of pieces of micro content a week, then I know how much it costs me. So make sure to start looking at these things and experimenting with your own processes and experimenting with your own frameworks inside of your business to, so you can start scaling, start moving forward because we know that consistency and frequency, the more consistent we are, the more frequent we are, the more points of contact we are in there is gonna help you speed the process of growing on social, it's gonna speed up the process of getting new leads and so on. So. Just quick uh, recap, we have research, we have creating, we have production, and then the last one that every single person that we've been working with, uh, this goes from entrepreneur side all the way to big, big companies, is the distribution. Now we create, we did our research, right? We created a piece of content, we produced that piece of content, it's ready, it's ready to go out. And then we forget that we have to distribute this point, this piece of content. So uh, one of the terms that we share is the one, one rule. So if I spend one hour creating, then I'm going to spend one hour distributing and sharing my content away, right? How does that look like? That looks like, let's say on the podcast episode that uh, share the link uh, with the guest that comes out. Share the link and put it live on the podcasting platform. Share the link on different platforms that are relevant to our audience, like LinkedIn, for example, right? Grab the micro pieces of content and share them all over social media. Maybe put some money behind, some paid media behind that. So there's different stages on the distribution side of things, but figure out, right? Another example is creating an email that goes out weekly so we can promote the episode. Like how much distribution are we actually doing to promote the thing that we put out, right? Imagine, you know, we have a, a lemonade stand in the neighborhood where I live. There's these two little girls all the time. I think it's like every Wednesday and Thursday, they sit up their table and uh, 
in that street, probably, you know, in an hour, they'll get by 20, 30 cars, right? So the, on the production side, they, they did all the lemonade, right? They did it. But then if they don't go out to the curve and, and, and start distributing that lemonade, right? If they don't wave out the cars, if they don't give you the, the lemonade uh, little flyers that they do, nobody's going to know. So they won't sell them lemonade. Same thing happens with the content, right? We have to put in the effort to make sure that we distribute, right? We let go. This is a good example in our internally in our company. We let go of the distribution process for a long time. Right now, we're in this project catch up that we're experimenting and we're testing a bunch of stuff with all content, which is great. It's giving us good feedback, right? But at the same time, it's created a little bit of a headache because we were so be- we felt like we were so behind, right? We turned this into a different experience, but um, but again through that period that there was no distribution, it felt like we all were quiet, right? We have the podcast episode going out, we're promoting a little bit, but all the micro assets that we created that with the, with the team and the leverage that we have there, uh, they were just sitting in the drive. So again, we didn't allocate for that. The person that was responsible, right, ended up leaving for an incredible opportunity that we couldn't say no to. And then we, we got left with nobody to kind of fulfill that role until just now. So uh, keep that in mind as you produce. So a quick recap is we do the research, right? We have the creating process. We have the production of the whole thing. And then we have the distribution of your pieces of content. So we call all this, right, obviously the four pillars, but this, uh, this will shape your content ecosystem. How does that look like, right? And we can start very, very little. We talked about this before with like reels or micro content creation. So it could be like one minute video that you create on your own and then that gets distributed. So for an example of that, let's go through the faces, right? So let's say the scenario is I'm going to create a reel. So I'm going to do some research. I'm going to be like the top three creators that spend the most on YouTube, for example, right? So obviously Mr. Beast is number one, and then I'll have to find out who the number two and number three are. So that's my research piece of it. I could go to Reddit, I could go to YouTube, I could consume some content, put it on a couple of notes and be like, okay. Now on the creation side of things, I'm gonna jump on in front of a camera and I'm gonna time myself because I need to record this piece of content in less than a minute so I can actually share it on Reels and Shorts and multi-platform. So I sit down in front of the camera, I read my notes, and I share that. This is bit, uh, this is exactly what's happening right now with this podcast episode, for example, right? So now that I have one my minute, I already did my research, I created it, and now I need to produce it, right? So on the production for a reel, you, you might be asking, what's the production aspect of a reel? Well, do I want subtitles in it? Do I want captions? Do I want uh, background? Do I want video effects? Do I want to put some B-roll inside of it? Do I want to put some music, right? All these questions go into the production aspect of it. So let's say I pick, I want to go super basic. What I'll do is it's just going to be my face and it's just going to be some captions that are auto-generated from the platform that I'm going to be publishing. And then I'm going to put a a trendy song that's happening with the reel. Perfect. My production is done. Check. And then I got to distribute. How do I distribute this, right? So if I have the file, I can put this file on. Under 60 seconds, I can go to Reels, I can go to Shorts in TikTok, that can, uh, sorry, in Shorts on YouTube, and then on TikTok. And then my distribution is done. That's an example of maybe a production of a Reel, right? Again, my goal here is not to overwhelm you. <laughs> my goal here is to give you maybe a bigger picture of like how, what does it take to create a very healthy content ecosystem? Now, let's go to the opposite side. Let's go, okay, I'm a company, I have resources, I have my team, and uh, we really want to create multi-platform content, right? So let's say your main piece of content is a podcast episode, just like we are, right? So 
we have a research team that goes in, right? And uh, during the week, they're researching on topics that people are looking for in the world world of content, right? So the morning of the episode, they just give us a Google Doc with a bunch of bullet points of interesting headlines with a short description that then we can elaborate on. So that's research part number one. So maybe they invested 10 hours, 15 hours a week to do the whole research, but then that's a living document that serves me for the rest of the day. Now, I'm going to go on the creating aspect, right? So I log in into our platform, let's say Riverside FM, amazing platform. And uh, I'm with my co-host, Fonzie, at the moment, right? And then we go through the bullet points real quick, we write our notes, and then we hit the button record, and then we create the episode, let's say it's 30 minutes to 45 minutes, right? And then after that, there's a post-production aspect of it where we send, uh, we upload the files into our file management system. We use Google Google Drive, nothing crazy in there. We've experimented with different ones. Uh, so we upload it, we name it in a certain, certain uh, with certain wordage to make sure that we can actually track it everywhere. So if you want to know what we do there, just send me a quick DM. Um, and then the team receives it. Now they take on the production side of things. So the audio side goes out for the next day. So that's production number one. And then we have micro content production that we get a week after that, just because that's our cadence, right? Once we get that content back, then the distribution starts and we can re-promote the audio that came out a week early. And then we put all the micro assets in there. We send them to the guest and so on. So that is an example of like both ends. Very simple reel, like one minute reel with four stages and then the full on podcast with other stages, right? So keep those in mind as you play, as you experiment, which you should with your own system and your own processes to make this happen, right? So um, I think I have maybe five minutes left, but I really want to hit normally like the faces of growth that we've seen inside of content teams have been, you know, solo, one man show, you know, the the producer, the video editor, the creator, the entrepreneur is the one creating the content, right? Researching, uh, creating, producing, and distributing that content. So that takes a lot of your time. So if you're in that position, we highly recommend start with something like a podcast, for example. Maybe the growth is not, uh, the growth is not as fast as possible, but it sticks, right? And the people that listen to you day in and day out are going to trust you. You're going to build that art, authority, relevancy, and trust. And you're going to be able to connect a little bit more with them versus uh, shorts. Um, it was funny because, uh, the, there's a conference called VidCon. We didn't go, but we heard a lot of feedback about it. And, uh, and it looks like the TikTok creators and the shorts creators that are only focusing on that. They've been able to get a ton of views and a ton of exposure. But when it comes to community and real depth in the, in the community and the people that follow, there's non-existent, right? So I think this is something to consider. You can use the shorts and the reels and the short form content as leverage to introduce people into your brand, into your message for your main piece of content. So if you're a one man or one woman uh, show, make sure that you invest appropriately in the show or the platform that you want to develop, right? So whether that's a podcast, YouTube channel, uh, you name it, what comes easy, blog, right? Whatever comes easier for you to produce, remove the friction. Now, the next stage to this is they start looking for, let's say a virtual assistant, a VA, uh, one editor here, a service that edits my YouTube video, but you still have to do a bunch of the pieces, right? So we call this fractional content team. And uh, these can look in very, very different ways. You could have a researcher and you do the other three stages, right? Normally, uh, people assign these roles in like two of the pillars and then they take on the other two of the pillars. So you can have, normally the creation process is you, right? But then you delegate the production side. Then you delegate the distribution side. Our service actually started by solving the creation 
process and the production process for all these companies, right? So we will come in as their fractional content team. So they'll have a marketing department. They'll do all the research. They knew their message, right? They knew that they wanted to be consistent. They will do the, the content, will assist on that creation, and they will produce all the dream output of content on the back end. And then their team will take over for distribution. The next stage for us was solving that next problem of distribution. So they will do their research in their company. They will give us that research, right? So we know about the industry. So we know about their message, right? They will create in conjunction with us, whether that's they have a podcast or we jump on these weekly calls where we create together. And then our team takes over production and distribution. And then we look at feedback and then we reiterate and make sure that that machine is coming through. So that's an example of like who you should start looking for, right? And, you know, there's different places where you can start looking uh, to do something like this. You can go to Upwork if you have your system and your framework to figure it out. Uh, if you don't, feel free to give us a, a call, send us a message, go to contentsprofit.com, go to contentmomentum.com, all the information is there. But that's exactly what we do. So if you need a fractional content team, let us know. Um, or you can just go start, if you have your own framework, you can go start researching these places, right? And then the next transition is your full-on team, whether they handle their research. Uh, if you want to be the face of it, you can be, but you don't have to be. So on the creation process, somebody else can create. We actually met with a company which uh, Sweetfish Media, they have multiple hosts, right? So the creation process gets split up in different hosts. Um, you have your own internal production team and then you have your own internal distribution team. And when you have a team like that, there's a lot of capacity, right? There's a lot of resources assigned to it, which is what Alex Ramosi, for example, has for their YouTube channel, which is what Gary Vee has for his entire ecosystem. He actually has a videographer that follows him 24-7. A good example of this is uh, we have a local dentist that has amazing, was one of our first clients like five years ago when we had the marketing agency. And uh, right now his format is uh, he has a video full-time videographer that is with him in the in his in his office 24-7 recording different things. Uh, great personality. And uh, and then that videographer is, is the same as the editor. So he creates, he produces, and then they have somebody that distributes that content inside of the office, an intern, somebody uh, from the front desk, and then the engagement person, that's normally him, that's engaging, commenting with everybody that comes in. And his short form content is amazing. So again, come up with your own framework. And if you if you need a little bit of guidance there, we're happy to help. Just go to contentmomentum.com, search us on social media, and we're able to to go there. So another example, Mr. Beast is super, super hot right now, right? Uh, everybody's talking about them, how he achieved like 100 million followers, right? But for example, in him, he has a full-on production team. He has a full-on logistic team that moves all the props and all the things around every time they're recording videos, right? They have He has a team of editors. They have a production crew. They have on-site staff. They have like their own accountants. So this whole content uh, ecosystem involved into a full-time company, right? This is like the um, the goal for many creators, but you don't have to get to that point just grabbing the pieces. If, you, if we go a little bit more micro, he has a thumbnail editor, just one position for the editing of the thumbnail, which is crazy, right? So not, not, not a lot of people think that way. So think about the pieces in your content. Think, okay, what do I have? Do I have a thumbnail? Do I have a video? Do I have a transcript? Do I have a blog? Do I have a newsletter? What are these pieces that we're trying to figure out, right? And if it becomes super overwhelming, reduce it. Maybe we don't tackle this today. Maybe we tackle just the podcast, right? Maybe we tackle just the YouTube channel. There's some other creators that have multiple channels. So, for example, we have a channel that is strictly on YouTube for the full episodes. It's called 
continuous profit. <laughs> Go wonder, right? And then we have another channel as Beastbrush Clips. It's just for the shorts. The way that we did it that way is for tracking purposes. We want to see how they do and how we can implement, or how, how can we uh, improve on each one of them. Then we have our podcast, obviously, only audio. And then Zoom to be, there's going to be some email stuff that's going to be coming out. But, uh, and obviously your social account. So look at all these pieces like Lego pieces in your ecosystem and how can you integrate them all towards your objective, which in our case, you'll be how can we develop relationships? How can we provide value to the people that come into us? For example, answering questions like the one that we're answering today, like how much you should be spending <laughs> on your content team, right? Obviously, there's no clear answer to this, but as you start um, depicting and putting on paper all these different faces and how much time and money you are allocating to this, you're now going to get a good idea. Uh, let's say you're spending 5000 bucks, 10000 bucks, or you're paying it not just with money, but with your time. Then if you have a company that charges 2500 to take off, to take over your production or your distribution, right? Uh, maybe that's a good choice that you might want to consider. So I'm going to allow myself to do a, a plug in here. Our service, obviously, Content Momentum allows you to uh, delegate some of this. We we play on the research side, we play on the creating side, we play on the production side, and we play on the distribution side. So there's plans for everybody. Uh, whatever you want to delegate to us, we can. So we're happy to help. But I hope this gave today's episode gave you a whole, a whole idea on how you should be looking at your content ecosystem when it's time to start hiring some people to develop these systems and processes for you. So hopefully uh, this was super useful. I had a ton of fun uh, researching and putting my thoughts into words today. And uh, if you give me a call, please, please give me feedback. Uh, leave us a review in the show. Uh, but anyways, with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizRoseGo. Go ahead and share it with three people. Make sure that they know how to download the episode because that's what helps us get up in the ranks and help more people. And again, if you want to know more, go to contentmomentum.com. All right, see you guys later. Bye.